0: With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth. You're sharing it. More at fidelity.com wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Saturday, March 5th. And now we are entering what is essentially the heart of tax preparation season. Some of you may have done it already. Mark, you were uh, sort of, I think you kind of humiliated me because you were done so quickly. So I sent all of my stuff over to, and when I say sent, dropped off all of my stuff to my CPA after Mark had said, basically bragged and said he was done. Oh, he already got his $290 refund from the great Empire State New York. And uh, so I guess that you'll be buying bagels next. If you are getting into your tax prep season, then we've got a special surprise for you today. We have one of our favorite guests, the one who does all of our best tax prep episodes. Sorry, Michael Goodman, Ed Slot. Ed Slot is essentially the biggest, baddest cheerleader for the Roth IRA. And he is also a CPA. He's so smart about this. His website, irahelp.com. He has really become an expert in in IRAs, Roth IRAs, all retirement planning. In the first part of our interview with Ed, we're going to talk about tax prep. We're also going to talk a little bit about some of the risks that the uh, Build Back Better legislation that passed the House, and it sort of seems to be dead right now, but there are some risks that could come back to life. I I don't know if that's really going to happen, so right now- It is the fabulous Ed Slot. As you look at, you know, where we are with the IRS, okay, I feel like this agency just gets hammered. I read this, the Taxpayer Advocate National Report to Congress. This blew my mind, Ed. Since fiscal year 2010, the IRS has had budget cuts, which resulted in a 17% staff reduction, And they say that's amid a 19 percent increase in workload. No wonder you've got, you know, 250 million telephone calls that weren't answered and that there are backlogs of, you know, six million individual returns. I mean, essentially, if anything needs a human being at the IRS, you're kind of screwed right now. Is that right?
1: Right. And not only that, you know, again, same kind of issue. I don't know what their workload is or people working from home and answering questions and, you know, sort of uh, just saying anything. If you can even get them on the phone and they they are understaffed and overworked. There's no question about it. The service, it's just not there, not because of them. They just don't have the manpower. You know, everything is e-file now. But I, I saw something in the paper, I think, a week ago they called paper returns certain returns you have to file by paper still and they say paper returns are like kryptonite to the irs because somebody actually has to look at them and make decisions so if you submitted a paper return for example if somebody was deceased and you want to claim a refund That has to go in by paper or if there's been a death, sometimes that has to go in by paper or an amended return. Forget about those. Those will take forever. Make sure everything is correct from the get-go. It's so important because making corrections will require uh, some kind of human element at the IRS, and that could take literally years.
0: Ed, I saw something come out from the IRS that said, Even if we haven't processed last year, go ahead and file as you normally would this year. So what's the deal with that? Like there are a bunch of people who have contacted us who said, I'm still waiting for my refund. What do they need to know?
1: Well, if you filed online like e-file, you would have got a confirmation that at least they received it, so you can count on that. I know we use a professional tax preparation program, so as soon as it goes through, we get the confirmation that it was accepted. So that's good. That shows it's there, so you don't have to worry about that. If you don't have that, then uh, you have to wonder, but you have to go on the approach that they've got it. In other words, if there was a credit... Carryover an overpayment, take credit for that. If you have a like a capital loss carryover, take credit as if it was accepted as filed.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Um, the IRS also says that when you're e-filing for this year, that this is a little bit quirky. That you have to enter zero dollars for last year's AGI when you e-file this year if you haven't gotten your refund back. Like essentially. That was a separate note. I thought that was kind of interesting. It's not intuitive to me. I would have just said whatever I put on my form for last year. But they're saying if you didn't get your refund and we didn't actually like send you the processing, like, yeah, the return is all set, that you got to enter zero for last year's AGI on your 2021 return.
1: Yeah. You know what? I might take the approach. Normally, uh, for years, I used to take make sure people withheld enough so they always were kind of overpaid, so they never had to worry about it if you're taking credit. Mm-hmm. But if you're counting on a refund, maybe now I'm starting to think it's better to owe money rather than sitting around and wait for a refund.
0: Yeah, no kidding. That's so true. All right. Can we talk about the child tax
1: credit? Hey, I was hoping you weren't going to say that. Uh, You know, because this is where you need to reconcile. And I'm not even that much of an expert on all this stuff. But I know the basic theory, you have to reconcile what you receive to what you're entitled to last year, this year, because remember, people were front loading payments. And there's this new letter coming out called letter 6419. And you have to keep that letter to keep track of what you received or what they say you received and make sure it meets your records. And then you take credit because there's this reconciliation. It's the only word I can think of to to describe what's going on, what you received, what you should have received. Maybe you're supposed to get more or take less. You have to have records. I hope people are keeping records on what they received. So when they get this letter, this letter should give a lot of that information because everybody's at a different status and different income. Right. Because the child tax
0: credit was always in existence. We always had a child tax credit that was on the books. What we had after the stimulus plan was an enhanced child tax credit whereby you got half of the credit last year in monthly installments. And not everybody did this because you could opt out also. And then the other half comes when you actually file your return. So you're you're right. I mean, I got I I saved all these correspondence from the IRS, which is like, hey, you know, keep an eye on your mailbox. I'm like, oh, my God, like that is so counterintuitive in the universe. But yes, okay, I'll do that. That letter has information about how you claim the rest of the money. But interesting, you also can go to the IRS.gov website. I think the website is great. I really oh, yeah,
1: do. Yeah, there's an actual portal. I was just looking it up. as you It's called the Child Tax Credit Update Portal site. Yep.
0: And so you can go check that out. But the thing is, there's also this other weird category, Ed, because, okay, so the trial tax credit is, you know, based on the size of your family and also your income, right? So if you made less than $150,000 married filing jointly or 75 single, uh, you are going to get the, the full credit. There are also people who maybe wouldn't normally need to file a return. And it seems like they're going to have to file a return to get the other half of their child tax credit money. So that's very confusing to me.
1: Yeah. And there are a lot of these agencies that uh, you may pay to get a professional preparer to figure it all out because there's a lot of numbers involved. You know, something that was supposed to help people with less resources now may cost them more to get that help.
0: Yeah, so not only did the IRS send you a love letter, 6419. Right. There's a separate letter, Ed, that they um, sent out, good old letter 6475. I mean, it's music to your ears. Anyway, this is uh, this is about your third stimulus check. Stimulus checks are not taxable. The reason is it is it the reason why you need this letter to find out whether you're actually
1: entitled to the credit if you didn't receive it. Yeah, well, they're not taxable. They're treated like you paid in tax. It's like an additional payment, like a rebate. So it adds to your refund or it takes away from any balance due. But your income can change. Maybe you thought you qualified, now you don't, or you didn't qualify, and now you do. So that's why I say it comes back to you kind of reconcile what you got, what you're entitled to. And hopefully this year it'll finally come out in the wash and there'll be the end of all this stimulus stuff. Not that that was bad, but reporting it. And remember, it wasn't just one stimulus. They changed. It was 300, whatever the amounts were. Then it was doubled. It was half. I mean, it was all over the place. And one last thing. Last year,
0: tax filing time, there was this like little bit of relief for people who received unemployment. Now, I know the job market's hot again, but still a lot of people did receive unemployment benefits last year. When you get this Form 1099-G that says, here's the unemployment you know, benefits that you received, does that form tell you whether or not you had taxes withheld?
1: Like a regular 1099, there's a box on there that says federal tax
0: withheld. Okay. So some people, hopefully did withhold taxes just for the heck of it,
1: right? Oh, yeah. But some people never even received it because a lot of them were not sent out. Like some of the states are like saving money or whatever, and you would go to the website. Uh, We had to do that for a few people. You go to, uh, in our case, New York State Tax Department and, uh, you know, put in your number and get your 1099G. They weren't sent out in all cases.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: So, Ed,
0: let's now take a breath. We're going to go into your favorite topic of all time, Roth IRAs.
1: Oh, yeah. It is my favorite. I love tax-free. I love Roth
0: IRAs. You know that Mark channels you. When we're on the program, he'll say to people, for example, we had someone today, we were talking to somebody earlier today, single person makes uh, $350,000, lives in California. Okay. 31 years old. Yeah. Okay. 35% tax bracket, lives in California, high tax state. So he's doing the first 20500 as pre-tax, and the rest he's um, doing the mega backdoor Roth. So two questions for you. Number one, what do you think of that? Mark Telercio wanted him to do all Roth, even if he was in the 35% tax bracket. What do you think? I agree with Mark.
1: You know why, I mean, and nobody likes to hear this because nobody likes to pay tax up front, but the deduction you get is not worth as much in the big picture. And you might say, but, you know, the whole Roth uh, scenario is one big giant bet on tax rates now versus the future. So some people say, but in the future, I'll be in a lower bracket. That almost never happens. If you're already in a top bracket, like this guy in his 30s, the odds are you're gonna be in the top bracket for the rest of your life. Uh, that's a pretty good bet. So I would rather you know bite the bullet now at today's rock bottom low rates, even at high rates. These high rates may still be the lowest rates you'll ever see. The fact that you took a 20,000 or so deduction, remember, that's just the timing difference. A deduction is like a debt. It means you owe that money back. Why take out a debt? Uh, because that's what it is. Anytime you take a deduction for an IRA, there's payback. Your IRA, any deduction, your 401k, it's like a deal with the devil. You know, At some point, it has to come out and you'll pay and then some maybe at future higher rates. If they can get it all in as after-tax money, then it grows tax-free for the rest of your life. It does not matter if
0: he's in a high-tax state like California or New York.
1: Well, I would look at everybody's situation, but I would always say, what do you think your tax rate is now compared to what it might be in the future? Some people might say, well, it'll be in a lower rate. I don't really think that's true. I don't see rates for high earners ever going down from where they are today. In fact, if they do nothing after 2025, uh, but under the law, it's the rates are scheduled to go higher. Mm-hmm. And somebody like this obviously has the money because they have the disposable income to put all that money in the mega backdoor Roth. But there's a second part to that question you didn't ask yet.
0: How safe is the mega backdoor Roth?
1: Right. I wouldn't do it now because it's on the chopping block. If this bill back better or whatever version of some future tax bill ever passes, this one's going along for the ride. This is not controversial. Nobody's talking about it. Last I looked, I didn't see anybody picketing outside the Capitol with signs, <laughs> save the backdoor raw. <laughs> you know, there's not a big <laughs> constituency for it. So and
0: it is a giveaway to rich people even though many of those rich people listen to this program it is right i mean we
1: but, have to admit it so i wouldn't do it till we know it's doable Uh, because then you have to undo it. Now, I would feel like since they didn't, you know, a lot of this was proposed in 2021, thinking it'd already be effective. And that provision was to knock out both the backdoor Roth and this mega backdoor Roth where you load up in your 401k, like Mark was talking about, or or your example here with this guy. It's still in the bill. And if there's anything Uh, that provision in the bill says they're out as of 2022. Now, would they change it now that 2022 is here? I might give it a month or two or so, you know, see if anything passes, because it's going to go along for the ride. Mm -hmm. It's not anything being debated. Let's put it that way in Congress.
0: Okay. But the mega backdoor Roth is different than the Roth. Do you think the Roth
1: is at risk as well? Both, both. The provision covers both. And that's regardless of income. That's one of those interesting provisions in this proposal. Again, this is not law. These are proposals in the Build Back Better bill. This is a proposal to eliminate, to actually end backdoor Roths and mega backdoor Roths regardless of income level. So for everyone.
0: And so you would say if you're the kind of person For example, like Mark Talercio, executive producer and certified financial planner. Mark, when do you usually do your your backdoor Roth?
1: Usually sometime in the first quarter. I would hold off. You know, uh, remember, we're talking about backdoor Roths pretty much. Well, you could still do technically for 2021, but still... It's the uh, because you still have to let April 18th date to contribute to, uh, just for other listeners that don't know, the way the backdoor Roth works is a process. This is for people whose income is too high to contribute to a Roth IRA. So what they do is instead, they contribute to a non-deductible traditional IRA, which has no income limits, and then convert that to a Roth because there's no income limits on who can convert. So when you do the conversion under this proposal, it, even though the original contribution may have been for 21, the conversion will be a 2022 conversion, and that may be knocked out if anything gets passed.
0: Okay, let's presume, let's just for the heck of it say, as you noted, it is possible that these plans do get knocked out. For people who have done them already, it's not going to be like, oh, you have to undo them. You just can't do it in the future, right?
1: I don't know right now the way the wording is it's out after 12:31:21 so it's already outlawed in the proposal. The only thing that would save that based on what you're saying, you know, the scenario you're saying, like it would be grandfathered if they change the effective date to the date of passage of the act. If it Okay, happens. I gotcha.
0: Okay, don't forget to tune in tomorrow. We're going deep on the Roth with Ed Slot. If you've got a financial question, a tax preparation question, a retirement planning question, any kind of financial question, we love to hear from you. Our website is jillonmoney.com. Just click the contact us button. We will get your note. Subscribe to us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Pass this along to any friends who you think could benefit from it, especially people who are planning their tax situation right now. And don't forget when you're on the website, jillonmoney.com, sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Do me a favor, lift someone up today. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.